0: It's time for the Mr. Wonderful Show. Here's your host, Mr. Wonderful. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the Mr. Wonderful Show. So happy for you to be here once again as we get into some of the latest news in the entertainment world, but that'll be coming up a little bit later on. Of course, if you're listening right now, please subscribe, like, rate the show wherever you are. However you listen, would love to hear your feedback We stream on every single platform, so wherever, again, you are listening, give it that little rate, give it a little subscription, click the button, click, and uh, you will get updated every single week when we drop a new episode of the Mr. Wonderful show, and again, a lot of things to get into this week. Uh, Also got this, uh, there's a lot to get to, but this might be a quick episode as well. Got a lot of things to kind of take care of around uh, my place and stuff like that. That uh, they're coming into the apartment in a little bit, so I got to get the dogs out of the apartment because the two rescue chihuahuas that myself and my girlfriend have uh, very, very they they don't do good when anybody comes anywhere near our apartment. So let alone the fact that there are going to be people coming into this place, I'm going to need to get them out of this place. So I'm on a very time crunch. So. Hopefully we get to everything this week, but uh, hopefully things as well have been going very well in your life over the past week since we last spoke. Uh, again, a lot happening. I know in my world, it's been a lot of watching things and catching up on things since coming back from Halloween Horror Nights. Uh, you know, I, I, I had to catch up on a lot of wrestling, uh, stuff like that. But not only that, been trying to do the spooky thing a day. You know, uh, not so much maybe watch a horror movie a day, but watch something spooky, something scary. And boy, oh boy! Since the last time we spoke, I have watched a lot of things. In fact, I quickly just want to say, wrapped up Lucifer. Didn't mention this in last week's episode, but I got to wrap up Lucifer, the final season of that show. Thought they did a very well, a very a very well put together final season. At times, it seemed a little rush. As I mentioned, I had watched about the first half of the episodes. Uh, two, three weeks ago in the episode that I had dropped where mentioned that there were certain characters, things that they were doing that I was very unsure of where it would go because with it being the final season having to wrap so much up, they found a way to wrap it up. At times it seems a little rushed, but I really did enjoy the finale to Lucifer. I thought as far as serious finales go, one of the few that... I could truly watch and go, okay, I like how we concluded this story, how we wrapped it up. Uh, and, and that's really all I'll say on that. So hopefully you get a chance to check that out on Netflix. Uh, speaking of Netflix, a few things I did get to watch on Netflix. Uh, in fact, Jake Gyllenhaal's new movie, The Guilty, is out now. That dropped on Friday. And I enjoyed this film a lot. I know when I sat down with the girlfriend and w- we set to watch it, she was very, she really wanted to watch this movie. I was interested in it, but I don't think I would have watched it as quickly as I did if it wasn't for her because she wanted to watch the movie this past weekend, put it on. Uh, she was not a big fan of it, but I really enjoyed it. It is. She was expecting more of that ha- uh, Haley Berry movie that came out the call a few years back that WWE studios produced and she thought it was going to be more of that. And it really isn't that, which I liked because the concept of the movie is Jake Gyllenhaal as a cop who works, doesn't work, but has been put on the assignment of answering the calls in the call center gets a call from a woman who has been kidnapped and is trying to help this woman after being kidnapped. So Again, the premise has been done many times over. She thought it was going to be like the Halle Berry movie. I'm happy it wasn't, but because of the direction it went, she didn't really enjoy it. I very much liked where the story went. I liked the topics. I liked what it hit. It's a very topical movie as well in certain aspects, so I was a fan of it. Uh, Definitely recommend checking out The Guilty, Jake Gyllenhaal's new film on Netflix. Uh, A really strong, I mean, are we surprised that I'm saying a strong performance from Jake Gyllenhaal? But no, a really strong performance from Gyllenhaal in that film. It it very much leans extremely heavy on him, making us care about his character uh, as they slowly unveil and unravel the story around you and You are left in the dark on so much that it all unfolds and everything gets answered. But the journey getting there, I really liked. Uh, So yeah, I do recommend checking out The Guilty on Netflix. Uh, Another thing on Netflix I got to watch, it actually debuted on the 5th yesterday. So if you're listening to this show when it drops on Wednesday, October 6th, Uh, This dropped on October 5th, and that is the Escape the Undertaker WWE special that they released involving The Undertaker and The New Day, Kofi Kingston, Big E, and Xavier Woods. And this is fun. It's goofy. It's dumb. But man, is it fun. It captures, in my opinion, it captures some of the best aspects of what WWE can do when they have time to produce something. So having the new day, being the new day, having this interactive experience as well where you get to pick the what Biggie does or what Kofi does or what Xavier does or who you're following is just a really fun time. I I only did one experience so far, but there are, of course, since it's a pick-your-own-adventure, multiple different versions of it that can transpire. So I'll be going back again this Halloween season and doing... Uh, the different routes, taking the different routes, having them do things that I haven't seen yet. Because there are clearly different stories going on because uh, a little bit of a spoiler, at points, all three of them do get split up and you can only go one way. So you know there's another, there. there's clearly another story happening with the other two when you pick the person that you are going to follow and where you are going to go. So... I had fun with that, so if you're a WWE fan, this is definitely made for you. If you are uh, a parent with a young kid, definitely made for them. Not super scary or anything like that, but a fun little Halloween interactive experience uh, with the WWE and Netflix teaming up for the Escape the Undertaker and New Day tag teaming together for uh, that fun little Netflix experience. Uh, another thing I got to watch as well, I've uh, finally been catching up on the Ghost Tober stuff that Discovery Plus has been doing, uh, and mainly Zach Baggins' new show on Discovery Plus, The Haunted Museum Show. So if you're unfamiliar with this, Zach Baggins and Eli Roth have actually teamed up to produce little mini-movies, shorts, so to say. They're about 30-minute episodes, but it's based on something from his haunted museum in Las Vegas. So the first two episodes that debuted right away covered uh, a dollhouse that he was drawn to at a pawn shop and he didn't know why. And then eventually, and he explains, the the cool thing about this show is he comes on in the beginning and explains the, the thing that they are basing the episode on. But it reminds me of some of those old school like like the old school Friday the 13th shows or the Factor Fiction Beyond Belief, a show that I really loved growing up with number two from Star Trek The Next Generation as the host, Uh, as well as Josh Brolin's daddy, James Brolin, hosted the first season, and then they brought in Jonathan for uh, all the remainder seasons. But it reminds me of those style of shows. So Zach comes on and he's like, Hey, this dollhouse is the inspiration for our first story of this show and it's a house that I was drawn to at a pawn shop, didn't know why until we went on an investigation. And I realized that the house the, the place we went to investigate looked exactly like this pawn shop and it turns out this house we were investigation investigating had like demonic stuff going on and satanic worshiping and this dollhouse and has weird things as well to it, and this is what we imagine the story went like. So it's them really creating the story behind the whatever thing it was. But the first episode dealt with the dollhouse. The second episode dealt more with it's a machine that was created, and if you watch the Ghost Adventures special... That should be on Discovery Plus as well. So if you have Discovery Plus, the most underrated streaming service out there right now, if you watch Discovery Plus, uh, they actually talk about this and investigate it when the pandemic first broke out. They did a special where they did three nights. They investigated Zach's Haunted Museum in Las Vegas and this machine was one of the things they investigated because the story behind the machine is that it's like a conduit. It's it's in a way can communicate with the dead and open doors and the woman that had it was found dead in her house with the machine turned on right by it after she believed that she had accidentally welcomed a demon and the demon promise to kill her and take her to the seventh layer of hell. So the second episode deals with that and my goodness. I can tell you this. It's not just a typical reenactment show that you see on like Travel Channel or Discovery or History or any of those networks that tend to create those really interesting like, oh man look at that job. Look at that CGI effort or you know things like that where you you already have to expand your disbelief a little bit more for the recreatment, recreations of stuff. Like this is, and I know it's because you got Eli Roth involved as well, but this is Hollywood-level style stuff. Uh, the acting is actually really well done. The production level of it, very well, as, well done as well. Uh, and yeah, the second episode that dealt more with the demon uh, that was truly a terrifying episode of the show, but I'm excited for episode three of that. I've also been watching the Hollywood, uh, the Hollywood, the Halloween baking challenge that he's been uh, a part of as well, Zach Baggins. and that's been a lot of fun too to see people create these different cakes based off of again things from his haunted museum and some of the stuff that he's encountered as well some of their investigations so there have been three episodes of that. That's definitely been something that I have enjoyed checking out. Uh, and that's just played into a bit of the spooky things that I've been watching. Uh but the big one, the big review I wanna I, I want to get into right now is actually Venom. I got a chance to see Venom 2 over the weekend and I am a fan. I was a fan, man. Uh, I really dug this movie it leans into the goofiness heavily of what I liked about the first film. So if you remember the first Venom movie, uh, really so much so the second part of that film after the symbiote Venom and uh, Tom Hardy, uh, Eddie Brock got linked up and it started getting really weird and kind of turned into this buddy-buddy film. That's what Venom 2 leans heavy into. It leans super heavy into the buddy buddy aspect of things. Leans super heavy into the weird aspect of the character and and what they can do. Uh, I thought it was a very enjoyable film. Very much recommend it. Uh, I'm sure by now as well you've heard there is a post credit or a mid credit, however you wanna however you wanna describe it. But there is something that comes in the post that is truly game changing. I know we've been saying that a lot over the past years of, man, that post-credit seed or, man, that mid-credit seed really just kicked the door open to possibly this or that or that or this. This is one of those that 100% didn't just kick the door open. They, like, bulldozered that door open and went, get ready, baby, because this is going to get, Really interesting, really fast. So uh, Venom 2, absolutely worth the checkout. That mid-credit, post-credit scene, uh, 100% a game changer as well for the future of uh, the Sony projects and and so much more. The the impact that's been laid out is a big one. But Venom 2, uh, if you get a chance to check it out, give it a check out. As soon as possible and hopefully next week I will have the review for you for no time to die the final James Bond film because that is the next big movie release coming out uh, before again we get into some of the news and notes that's been going on in entertainment don't have a lot of that to get to this week I know some things have happened but uh, with a lot of the reviews and stuff going on and again uh, got to get these dogs out of this apartment uh, really quickly. Uh, want to try something different as well this is going to be a little new feature for the show uh, and it's called the retro of the week where we go back in time look at some things that occurred on this date uh, as well as throughout the course of this week uh, and the big thing I want to talk about is that it was October 4th uh, mark the 25th anniversary of this film No, look the Wonders. Lenny. Yeah, it looks like the Eaters. No, the The Wonders. Got it. Looks like the Oneeders. That's right, baby. That Thing You Do came out 25 years ago on October 4th, and what a remarkable film this really was. I, I still recall seeing this movie in theaters and just... It's incredible how this was, by the numbers, That Thing You Do, that is, was just a templated of... The musical, the rise, then fall, then find peace story that you'll come across over and over and over again. But this one stands out uh, very much, not just because the signature title song was a solid earworm and added some credibility and, and believability to the idea of the uh, Wanderer's rise in the story and then eventual downfall and then peace finding. But the song itself was a hit in real life. It didn't get as big as it was on the screen. In the movie, it was a top 10 hit. But in reality, it did peak out at number 41. It did receive both Oscar and Golden Globe nominations, only losing out to Madonna's You Must Love Me from the Avita soundtrack. She won both the Globe and the Oscar. But the song also led to bigger and better things because it was written by the late Adam Schlesinger of Fountains of Wayne. And the exposure of that song boosted his new band, as well as his career-long role, becoming a go-to Hollywood songwriter for hundreds of TV shows, stage musicals, and films. So, really cool uh, to be celebrating and honoring that thing you do all these years later. Now, some other retro news back on October 5th. The series finale aired of The Real Ghostbusters in 1991. Uh, Crazy to think that it has now been what 30 years now uh, since The Real Ghostbusters came to an end. One of uh, my favorite cartoons growing up. I still remember watching that show. Uh, We also had the 20th anniversary on October 5th of Training Day hitting theaters back in 2001. The Denzel film... Uh, Ethan Hawke still hasn't aged a day since doing that movie. Hell, he hasn't aged a a day since Reality Bites. Uh, Because Ethan Hawke, I am convinced, drinks vampire blood. Or is a vampire, just like Pharrell Williams is a vampire. But Training Day hit theaters back in 2001 on October 5th. Uh, 35 years ago, on this date, October 6th, the day this podcast dropped in 1986, Double Dare premiered on Nickelodeon, and you want to talk about the right show at the right time. You had Nickelodeon growing in reach in the mid-80s as a cable. Adoption became more prevalent as well. They wanted to diversify the programming away from cartoons. So the game show for kids, the first for the network, and one of the first ever in the United States was just the logical progression of where they go. The show itself... The mix of trivia, big, messy stuns capped off by the wild obstacle course that you know you wanted to try as a kid growing up. You absolutely probably still want to try that course. I know I do. Uh, The show, a huge hit out of the gate for Nickelodeon, became an even bigger hit less than a year and a half later when the show actually debuted in syndication, which put it on broadcast TV as an after-school special show. Uh, And it became the cultural phenomenon it did right then and there. For three decades that have followed, Double Dare has come repeatedly, uh, though unfortunately with diminishing returns. Now, the original run ended in 1993, but before that, there was Family Double Dare on Fox Prime time in 1988. Then you might remember Double Dare 2000 came around in January of 2000. That lasted just for the year. And then back in June of 2018, there was the more recent Double Dare revival that popped up That only lasted through the end of 2019. But despite a trail of failed reboots, it is hard to imagine that we have ever, or we will ever see the last of Double Dare. uh, Because I'm sure somewhere there is a studio executive saying, hey, we should revive that show once again. So train your kids now to locate a flag by picking a giant news. Also on August... Or August. Also, on October six, uh, "Gem and the Holograms" premiered in syndication back in 1985, uh, 1987. This song right here, Little George Michael's single, his single "Faith," was released. Uh, you also had Soul Asylum's album "Grave Dancers Union" being released, which featured, of course, "Runaway Train." Uh, Michael Jordan announced he was leaving the NBA to play basketball in 1993. Uh, 2000, who can forget, Fokker was introduced to the world with Meet the Parents, an all-time classic comedy. That first film, Meet the Parents, is definitely, uh, still holds up to this day, Uh, just one of the best, although could pick apart a little bit of the story, like for the fact that, you know, why did he ever think that Greg was the one that had the the marijuana and had the the bowl the smoking pipe because let's be real if his if if Jack knew his luggage didn't show up and he didn't show up wearing that jacket then how the hell would he have any type of smoking device on him and he knows that he borrowed the clothes from his own son either way you know but those are like the nitpicky things that after you know, 21 years of watching that movie multiple times throughout the course of each year, you know, you're, you're kind of like, that doesn't make sense. And that doesn't make sense. And I caught that goof. And, but still uh, an absolute classic of a film, meet the parents, uh, 21 years ago, tomorrow, October 7th, 2000. I will actually say that this might be the last SNL weekend update team that I have truly enjoyed. Uh, I mentioned, back in the remembering Norm Macdonald episode that I was a big fan of his weekend update but I really dug Tina Fey and Jimmy Fallon taking over the SNL weekend update uh stand and just two unexpected picks at the time because if you think back if you think back to 2000 when that 2000 seated start season started it, it wasn't something that you saw a lot of was the dual anchors. Sure, the show had done the dual anchors before, and most memorable run up to that point was Jane Curtin and Dan Aykroyd. But since 1985, they had more leaned into kind of the nightly news parody style, which meant a solo anchor. And you know, some of the best ones though for me, like I, I like Dennis Miller doing it. I love Kevin Nealon. I, I really love the Norm Macdonald stuff, as I mentioned. But bringing the teams back. Yeah, Jimmy Fallon, he was just a young, goofy, a lot of energy on the show, but not necessarily known for being the sketch guy or being somebody you can turn to. Tina Fey was an off camera writer to that point, never having more than a tiny cameo on the show. So while it's crazy to look back now and go, yeah, that's right. Those two, were, you know, especially because Tina Fey has gone on to do so much. Uh, she's become a movie star, a television star, a movie star, and so on. Jimmy Fallon tried to be a movie star, but is now the host of The Tonight Show. Has his own ride at Universal Studios, Florida. Underrated ride, by the way. Just saying. Truly had a great time riding that one when I went to Universal two weeks ago. But you, you look back and, you know, 21 years ago on October 7, 2000, we were like, who the hell is Tina Fey and Jimmy Fallon, and why are they hosting the Weekend Update? But I got to say, she brought that classic news anchor presence more so than Fallon, but she was that unknown, uh, and Weekend Update was the most coveted gig on the show, so really seeing these people get it, uh, it, it really was, you know, I, I think also at the time as well, Jimmy Fallon was a not not... Uh, Well, Tina Fey was the non-cast member, but I'm pretty sure Jimmy Fallon was just used in a couple skits here and there. He was just a player. He was just a featured player, I believe. But the casting decision uh, from then on, it really could have gone two ways. Weekend Update would meld to Fey and Fallon's personalities and style and evolve as as a bit, or it, it would swallow both of them like it had done to others, and they would flame out fast as anchors and perhaps be booted off SNL and... You know, we never would have gotten 30 Rock, which I know is a lot of people's one of their favorite shows. We never would have gotten Jimmy Fallon as a late night host, uh, which I know many people might be saying that that would be a better thing uh, for the world. But uh, the result was the former Fagin Fallon. They had a chemistry uh, beyond that, dropped the pretense of parody of a serious news program as well. They brought a, a, a winking looseness to Weekend Update, which also made it the one segment with chaotic and improvised energy. Uh, in in what was becoming an increasingly over-scripted and prospective SNL at the time. Uh, So the two probably could have kept the job for life, but Fallon left in 2004 for, as I mentioned, an attempt at a film career, and Faye, not long after that, left in 2006 to get 30 Rock going. Uh, Some other things that occurred as well on October 7th, you had the Cats... Uh, premiering on Broadway in 1982 for one of the longest runs ever. Janet Jackson's single, Miss You Much, hit number one in 1989. The Bubble Boy episode of Seinfeld aired in 1992. Uh, We'll talk about Seinfeld again in a little bit, but uh, the Bubble Boy episode is one of my favorite episodes of that show. You had the Saved by the Bell special. Zach and Kelly's Wedding in Las Vegas aired in 1994. Uh, and then Eagle Eye Cherry's single "Save Tonight" was released on October seventh, nineteen ninety-seven. So I mentioned uh, talking about Seinfeld in a moment. Let's actually get into some of the news and notes of things going on uh, in the world right now, uh, and in the world of entertainment uh, with with Seinfeld because Seinfeld now on Netflix, uh, but unfortunately. They got a little issue here. Uh, Seinfeld on Netflix, and they've got the Disney Plus issue like they did with The Simpsons, and that comes down to aspect ratio problems. As a lot of people noted on social media, Seinfeld's aspect ratio uh, was the traditional 4-3 aspect of original broadcast television back in the day, uh, and this was all before the rise of widescreen television. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, those old tube boxes, when we used to have the fit your TV, the ratio of that was a four three shot, so it, it made it a little bit, it made it um a little bit more of a taller as opposed to wider, so you weren't getting that widescreen view of everything. But so, like with the Simpsons on on Disney Plus, the issue that they were having was that. Uh, if there was a joke at the top of the screen, it was getting cut off on the widescreen. And that's what's happening now with Seinfeld. Uh, Because with new televisions, everybody films in a 16 to 9 aspect ratio. And they reformatted Seinfeld for that 16 to 9 aspect ratio so that you could have a wide view, a widescreen view. But the problem is certain jokes are getting cut out. For instance, people have pointed to uh, one of the later seasons, season 8 episode the uh, the pothole has been removed on the new Netflix cut as opposed to the original cut, and so when George is pointing down, going the pothole, the pothole, like pointing at the gag, you just see him pointing at the ground and then looking at the ground, but you don't actually see the pothole that is the butt of the joke. So, uh, and that's in the episode called the 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 knot hole. Uh, so. When you get it, just really like, I don't understand how these people sit here and they're like, yeah, we're going to acquire this, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, and then we're going to change the aspect ratio, knowing damn well that this was a show that was created in a time where they don't have the current 16.9 aspect ratio. Like, I don't get why Disney did this with The Simpsons. I could get doing it with some of the later episodes of The Simpsons because, yeah, eventually The Simpsons changed their design to how the design of television was being filmed. But when you have shows from, like this would be like doing this with Cheers and it would cut off a lot of the jokes as well in Cheers, some of the sight gags. So I don't understand why these streaming services and these companies purchase these shows that they know damn well need to run on the 4-3 aspect ratio and then don't offer you that. So I I see Netflix is going to have to change this. They're going to have to do something, and they're probably going to do the Disney Plus thing where you're going to have to go in and, and rechange the way you want to watch it and stuff like that. But uh, until they do that, I, I would say pass. You definitely don't have to watch any of uh, Seinfeld because, again, you're going to miss jokes. And if you've never seen the show, it's going to be frustrating when you miss some of those jokes. Some other news and notes. Uh, Halloween Kills director... David Gordon Green and producer Jason Blum are going to be hanging out as guests on Joe Bob's Halloween Hoedown this weekend. Uh, this was announced via Shutter and Joe Bob. So uh, they'll be hanging out uh, as special guests for the last drive-in uh, this Friday is when they'll be on there. And if you have a Shutter subscription and you can't watch it Friday starting at 9 o'clock, uh, well, don't worry, because it, it'll be there for you to go stream, but uh, it definitely will be uh, fun to see those two hanging out at the uh, drive-in with Joe Bob Briggs uh, and Darcy the male girl, uh, and really just getting a chance to talk, watch some horror movies, uh, and I'm curious to see what they have to say, especially with Halloween Kills uh, so close, if they're going to reveal anything, if they're going to talk about anything with that, but... Uh, Yeah, we'll get to see uh, David Gordon Green and producer Jason Blum hanging out on the real Joe Bob's Briggs Halloween hoedown at the last drive-in. So that's going to be some good stuff this weekend, some viewing options for you for sure. Uh, I hate that I'm going to be bringing this up, but damn it, I'm going to have to talk about this because this is actually kind of cool Uh, Kylie Jenner, yeah, you never thought I would ever make that reference on this show, but Kylie Jenner uh, has dropped an Instagram video, and she channels her inner nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy Krueger, so getting into the Halloween spirit, the entrepreneur, 24, her latest collaboration is a partnership with Nightmare, uh, and it's really for her cosmetic line, but she's covered in blood. Uh, it's Kylie X Nightmare on Elm Street. Ah, what a dream to collaborate with the icon of horror. Uh, the reveal happening uh, happened in her stories. Uh, and it's all for Kylie Cosmetics, but she had a picture of Freddy Krueger. She had the, uh, the Nightmare music playing, the one, two, Freddy's coming for you. And it's a pretty cool video, man. I gotta say, I, I really could get down. I, I got down with the video. I don't care about, Kylie Cosmetics but I got down with the video and uh, if you have not seen it you won't be disappointed if you are a horror movie fan and, and more so a fan of Freddy Krueger like myself it really it gave me a little bit of respect there for a second just a little bit of respect there for a second uh, for for Jenner I know that's crazy to say but yeah I, I, I have to I have to give the love When there's love to be given. And then finally, uh, this is just a a little stupid bit of news, uh, but apparently Corey Feldman is teasing on his Instagram that there is going to be a hologram Corey uh, coming real soon because, of course, if we all needed anything, it was Corey Feldman hologram coming, which uh, I'll, I'll be honest, maybe we could have used the Corey Feldman hologram when I saw him perform back at the Norva years ago. Wow, crazy to say years ago now that I saw Corey Feldman, but man, what a show that was. One with my buddy Zach from Haunter's Podcast, um, his wife Brooke, and, and, and one of her friends, and it was a concert that we said we would never pay for, and we did not pay to get in because they were just literally handing out tickets for people to be at that show because I think they sold like 25 tickets or something like that, so they were desperate to have people attend, and about Three, four hours before the show, uh, I know I was I was talking with Zach that day, and he was like, you want to go? I was like, I'm not paying. He was like, no, I'm not either, but if I can get tickets, you want to go? I was like, sure. And then I was playing Friday the 13th, the game. I just got called in as Tommy Jarvis, and I'm running in there, and I get a phone call from Zach, and I'm like, what's up, man? Playing Friday the 13th. Want to play? He's like, I would, but I'm going to go see Tommy Jarvis perform tonight at the Norva, and you're coming with I got us free tickets that they just gave me. And yeah, little did we know we were in for one of the most fabulous concert experiences of our lives. Only because of how absolutely crazy that concert really was. I mean, look, Corey Feldman did a freaking stage dive in soundcheck and injured himself. So yeah, that that, that should put it in perspective for you. That'll do it for the Mr. Wonderful Show. Thank you guys for hanging out again. I hope you liked the retro throwback, getting in that little time machine, doing that. That might become a new thing on the show. Maybe not so many retro things, but hey, why not? We kicked a retro for a little bit this week. Uh, Until next time, remember, subscribe to the show, click the follow button up top, click, and now you will get updated after doing that every time a new episode drops. Uh, And please also share this with friends if you enjoy what's going on here. Uh, Don't forget, you can check me out as well, Haunter's Podcast. That is where a lot of the spooky season stuff, uh, Haunted House Reviews, things like that, Halloween Horror Nights, full reviews of stuff like that is on that show with my buddy Zach and his wife Brooke. Uh, And this show right here, be back again next week. Same time, same place, on all the streaming platforms that you listen. Take care. Peace and love.